welcome to Coaching from the Sofa. I'm Shane Lord. I'm Rob Harvey. Episode three, let's go. I'm excited, I'm very excited this week. Well, let me tell you right now that we're not going to be good at this. We didn't, we didn't teach you the right, did we, during the two years, Rob? We missed out, we missed out on reading and scoring goals. I closed my eyes at the wrong moment, let's put it that way. Turns out the Beckles is actually in suffering. Week three, it's been quite a good week for us, Rob. Been a good week, been a nice sunny week um, to be outside, but it's also been a good week for us, just generally, really. I've enjoyed my week. I'm quite there impressed so far. Um, this morning, you tried something new. I managed to get you into a class. <laughs> yeah, we gave yoga a go this morning. It's fair to say I've got a long way to go. Flexibility and balance are a long way off, yeah. Very long way off. Yoga is perfect for you. Yeah. No, I have to say, I do enjoy I did a few classes when the gyms were open. Um, they didn't keep me there because they did hurt me. And I used to get a lot of funny looks as well. I don't like the fact that at the classes, I am the only boy in the room. Not mm. a, the, the instructor was male and he used to dig me. I don't think he liked the fact that I was kind of ruining his time with the ladies. Um, <laughs> We've had um, over 110 individual different listeners on Spotify. Love it. We've reached a century. Good innings. That would make, yeah. the, that would make the ball at Lords if we uh, were playing cricket. Absolutely. 500's the next pit stop, right? That's the, or do we go two and a half? Yeah. Two, 250. We can aim big. We can aim big. Well, as Mike said last week, we're up there with Rich and Judy. Oh, no, we were better. No, not Rich and Judy. <laughs> Richard and Judy. Aiming and Roof. Aiming and Roof. Better Eamon than Aiming and Roof. Subscribed. Of course, I'm subscribed. I can see 18 ratings, all five stars. And that's in Apple, yeah? And that is in Apple. Yeah, I'll have to pull some stats down, I think. Pull some stats down for next week. Yeah. It was your birthday yesterday, Ben. Yeah. Are you feeling okay today? Yeah, a little bit, little bit sore head, but put the dog out. How was Mike set? It was a good guest last week, wasn't he? Yeah, very good. Yeah, it was brilliant again last night. Yeah. Did he? Uh, did he mention you? Any birthday wishes? Yeah, of course he did. Played uh, Miss Stone Roses song, so I was happy. Brilliant. <laughs> there was a massive problem with the first episode, and it's been a complaint. A complaint. <laughs> a complaint. It, and I feel like if I don't address this problem, there could be more complaints. Okay, go on, far away. <laughs> so in episode one, you two went on a coaching course. Yep. Yeah? You did. Which you claimed was in the middle of Norfolk, yeah? Oh, okay. Yes. It turns out that Beckles is actually in Suffolk. Is it really? No, it's not. I've been past all the sides to get to, to Beckles. I went Rob. past four, welcome to Norfolk sign. Rob, it's not going to work, mate. <laughs> it's in Suffolk. I put together a few towns in a sort of penalty shootout <laughs> format. Oh, no. To see if they're in Suffolk or Norfolk. So we can actually <laughs> see who is the best at geography out of you two. Uh, well, let me tell you right now that we're not going to be good at this. No. So it's gonna... I drew for a lot of towns on that on that trek to uh, Beckles, I'll tell you that. This could be like um not the ABBA format. That was a that is a rant, that is. That ABBA format of penalties was dreadful, wasn't it? 
<laughs> terrible. That is terrible. So as we're missing the football, I thought I'll put these questions together. Simple answer is Suffolk or Norfolk. Start easy. It'll get harder, like when you're, when you're on the dregs of penalty takers. And we're taking it in turns, right? You are. And I've done the toss and everything, oh, and Shane, you're first. Oh, okay. Right, you yeah. ready? Fire away. No thinking time. It's just steps up for the... Pe- we'll have no crowd noise either, because we're, we're not going to have fans in the stadiums when it reopens, so it's all got to be realistic. And no okay, goal right. music. Are you ready, Shane? Go on. Barry St. Edmunds. Suffolk. Scores. Oh. Rob. Brantford. Suffolk. Back in the net. Come on. on. Uh, can I just say, Rob, Rob staggered his uh, run up there. Yeah, but he kept moving. Penen- it was a Penenka penalty. <laughs> it's all right. Penenka. <laughs> Shane. Lowest off. Suffolk. Oh, and off the keeper. Oh, what? 2-1. Keeper got a hand to it. He just dribbled in. Rob. Bedford. Norfolk. He scored 2-2. Oh. Shane. Roxham. Norfolk. Top corner. 3-2. Oh. Rob. Hakefield. Who? Hakefield. Norfolk. Oh, is it the post? Suffolk. Yes. What's it called again? Hakefield. Hake- I've never heard of it. Those people I course from Hakefield Football Club, Rob. Yeah, so much I've had attention I've paid. <laughs> Shane. Lodden. Suffolk. Oh, he's missed it. He's oh, missed it. No. There was people on our course from Lodham, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Rob. Sheringham. Norfolk. He scored. Yes. Three, three, four, eight. Shane. Zach Munden. Suffolk. Scores. Rob, you've got to score. Yeah, I like a bit of pressure. Cromer. Jeez. Um... Norfolk. Ah, oh, in. Yay! Oh, come on. Sudden death. Right, we could have a problem here. <laughs> Shane, Claire. Suffolk. Is it in? It's gone in. Rob, all the pressure's on you again. Haverhill. Suffolk. He scored. Yes. Oh, come on. Shane, Bacon. Norfolk. He scored. Oh. Rob Bramlingham. Suffolk. He scored. Oh, Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Shane Holt. Norfolk. He scored. Oh. Rob Kensgrove. <laughs> Ray. Suffolk. Suffolk. He scored. Yeah. And it's bumped it up to run out of questions. <laughs> uh, why don't you just finish on where is Beckles? <laughs> and where I'm is Beckles? Going, I'm still going Norfolk for that one. <laughs> the first penalty shootout has never finished. Yeah, it tickled me. It was a, softer on to me as well. It's a draw then, Rob. It was a draw. 
I'll tell you what, it's a good performance, actually. It's a draw. Yeah. One miss each. He, um, he was like, you need to let him know that Beckles is in stuff. Excited, Rob? I am excited. I'm very excited this week. Um, few questions for JT. I haven't spoken to JT for a while, to be fair. John Taylor, uh, well, I can't say a bad word about him, and I'm sure we'll speak a lot more about him as we go through, but yeah, he's he's done a lot for me. He's done a lot for everyone who's come through. Common Academy, yeah, I don't want to give away too much, but um, he he's done a lot for a lot of people. So it'll be good to get Let's him Let's get him in, shall we? Let's get him in, let's get him in. Hello, John. Not too bad, how are you doing? Hi, John. Yeah, all good, thanks, mate. You all okay? Yeah, all well, Hi, thank you. Yourself? Good, how you doing? Yeah, all good, mate. Bearing up under the enormous strain and pressure of life. <laughs> well, welcome on, John. Thank you for coming on. Um, I've got a little little uh, thing we put together. I mean, you did help me a little bit for this. You sound like Steve Wright in the afternoon, mate. <laughs> You're not going to burst into love songs, are you? No, don't worry. We'll save that for later. We'll save that for later. <laughs> so I've got written down... You're a lightning quick wing back with a let. Uh, well, I'll start that again. A lightning quick, lightning quick wing back. Good start, Rob. With a one to the left foot. It's going out live, isn't it? No. It's we'll, we'll, we'll edit that. We we'll can't cut do that. that. Out. A, li- a lightning quick wing back with a wand of a left foot, which we did see many times in training throughout my uh, two years. During your youth, you played for Bournemouth between 1990 and 1922, uh, where you did your ACL. You then went to Exeter University and British Universities for four years before. Well, at the same time as becoming a coach in the MLS uh, for four years. Uh, then Millfield School, first uh, 11 coach between... We didn't, we didn't teach you to write, did we, during the two years, right? <laughs> didn't teach you to write or read, John. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I um, came we, over. We missed, out, we missed out on reading and scoring goals, didn't we, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Um, you did then go on to become academy coach of Ipswich Town for two years and then went travelling for a year, followed by becoming what you are now, Mr. Cole, um, and running the show, well, 15 overseas tours and setting the academy up in 2005. Been a bit of a whirlwind. It's been fun, Rob. It's been emotional. It's been emotional. No, it's all sounds, it's all, it all sounds very impressive when you put it down on paper. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> In reality, <laughs> In reality, it's something even better, John. Look what, you, look what you've achieved. I've been, what living, you've achieved. I've been living the dream. Living the dream. How have you been finding lockdown, John? Uh, yes, it's been okay. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm living in a nice part of the world. I'm, I'm not confined to. You know, I feel for people who are. You know, they, they might be living in flats in the middle of towns or cities. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky I live in a part of the world where I'm you know, surrounded by nice countryside and, and green space. And uh, I made the mistake of doing uh, the next two years DIY jobs in the first week. Um, <laughs> but that, that list uh, gets added to on a daily basis, as I'm, uh, I'm sure you all appreciate. Well, Rob wouldn't because he has everything done for him, doesn't he? <laughs> he definitely does. The key is not to get through that list, is it? Because as soon as you finish that list, <laughs> it just keeps, keeps going. No, no it's, been, it's been okay. I've, uh, it's a bit ground, ground, groundhog, but you know, I'm, I'm lucky I'm, I'm fit, well, healthy, um, keeping busy during the week. Um, I'm trying to still teach students without seeing them and 
set stuff on, you know, work online and trying to get the year 13s, you know, accredited and through their course as well. At the same time as trying to set up a, a, a new sick form college and, and kind of a, a new rebranding of the football academy as well. So, yeah, it's keeping me out of trouble. What about you guys? Are you are you all okay? Yeah, we, we're we're all very good. We've we got bored and um, wanted to talk about football. So, me and Rob have been calling <laughs> each other most days, chatting about football and what we can do when we get back to coaching. And it just led Sounds to it led to us maybe recording something and, and putting it out there and getting interesting people to talk to, like you, John. See, <laughs> <laughs> so you ran out of those, and uh, Rob Rob contacted me. He said, "I know someone that would do it." <laughs> It's interesting times, John, isn't it, from a sport and football perspective? And it will certainly be fascinating to see how we get to the point where we can actually restart. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, it, it's it's great. The government from day one have said it's really important that everyone, you know, stays fit well and, and, and gets their exercise. Um, but in terms of sport and, and particularly team sports, you know, we'll have to see how, how that's going to look. You know, I saw... Um, one of the one of the major health clubs has come out today and said that you know they they, they think that health clubs should open before shopping centres open, um, and um, you know it's probably easier to maintain that social distancing for individual sports, but for team sports, you know we're down the pavilion at the Cole, and it'll have to be four or five to a changing room. <laughs> um, uh, it's okay for practicing our long passing, but um, gonna have to condition the games and non-contact and. We'll have to we'll have to zone out the pitch, won't we? Where you know no no one's allowed in anyone else's zone. So you've got the grids. Yeah, grids are coming we'll out. Get them on the grids. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, one person per square. It'd be all right for teams that don't ever put in a tackle. You know, they just just press and look to to nick it and and intercept those passes. So training training won't 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 change for teams like Arsenal, will it? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking. Yeah, that'll be fine. I was just thinking. I used to play like that. Just get the ball and launch it. So I'd have been. Uh, <laughs> I'd have been pretty suited. <laughs> Before anyone gets near you, just get rid. Yeah, Ben. That was. The... Yeah, you know the drill. <laughs> um, so, how did you actually get into coaching, John? Um, I I probably started coaching when I was at, at secondary school, helping out with with the younger younger students, helping out with after school clubs. Um, and then when I when I went to uh, it's probably drawing drawing my scholarship I got into what was the old FA prelim which was um, you know, I guess the, the the level one now and then um, whilst I was at university I carried on you know whilst playing also coaching and um, and going on to what is now the the, the level two and and level three which be which is now the, the UEFA B. I carried on doing that and then um you know when I started um I did my ACL and I was I was I carried on playing for a few years afterwards and then when I started teaching full time uh I just struggled with with you know working a full week teaching coaching PE uh training a couple of times in the evening playing at weekends so I, I got more and more into coaching then went on and did my my A license um, and um, and just just carried on from there really. But it, yeah, probably probably started when I was at, at secondary school. Rob Rob mentioned earlier that you did some coaching in America. How does uh, the soccer yeah. compare to the football here? 
Uh, every so often they sort of you know, picked it up in their hands and started running with it and throwing the ball around. <laughs> you know, they couldn't quite get to grip. No, it was great. I was, I mean, fo- football's been brilliant to me. It's it's allowed me to to meet so many fantastic people and I've um, travelled all over the place. Um, you know, a, a lot in Europe, uh, the States, America, um, out in Australia. Um, but yeah, when I was at, at, at university each summer, I had the opportunity to to go out to the States and. Uh, for three months or so and coach and, and that was brilliant. The first year I worked for a company called North American Soccer Camps, uh, which later developed uh, an affiliation with Major League Soccer and, and became that kind of Major League Soccer Camps. So yeah, each each summer I went out to the States and uh, travelled from, from week to week, staying with American families who, fantastic, you know, they, they, they couldn't, do, couldn't do enough for us and, you know, Football or you know soccer, you know, uh, originated here. They believe we're the we're the founders of the game, and, and and we're kind of the holy grail, if you like. So yeah, it was it was great. I mean, there were so many so many kids playing. I mean, I I first went out to the states in the early nineties, um, and there were still so many girls um, playing soccer. You know, back there, far more girls playing soccer out in the states than here. Um, and I think it was um, probably due to the fact, um, I don't know if it's still the case now, but when I first went out, you, the kids weren't allowed to play American football um, and certainly that contact sport until they reached a certain age. I think it was um, you know, when they went to jun- junior high school and then high school. So I think from a much younger age in the primary schools, uh, they got introduced to, to soccer along with the other American sports, you know, and perhaps had their first taste of that before American football. Um, so it was great. You know, they absolutely loved the game. You know, they, they loved the Every five minutes, they were saying, you know, coach, can we scrimmage now? They just, just wanted to play, wanted to play games. And, and yeah, they love it. And I was, you know, really fortunate. You know, I spent time um, out in New York, New Jersey, Maine. I had a summer in, in California. So, yeah, brilliant. Loved it. Style of play different? Um, yeah, I think, you know, there's this you know, reputation that our, our game can be, you know, quite, quite physical. And I remember when we, when we go out to, onto the continent and Rob will know this, having taken him out on a, on a trip to Barcelona, I mean, you, you, you go within 10 yards of the opponent and rest ready to blow for a free kick. And, you know, a, a lot, um, you know, in, in, in Europe, it's, it's a lot more technical, it seems, and a lot less physical. Um, but I think because of, you know, the, the nature of, of American sports with your, your American football and your, your ice hockey and uh, basketball is meant to be non-contact, but obviously, it, you know, it isn't and can be a very physical game out in the States. I think, um, yeah, the, 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 the game out in the States, I think, is more, more akin to, to our game here, perhaps, than than on the continent in that they can still mix it up as well and you know still 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 quite physical and not not afraid to to put in the challenges as well but i think you know soccer has um it's come a, a, a tremendous you know distance in the last you know few decades probably and the tv uh, have picked up on it you know more more media coverage more funding uh, the major league soccer's you know growing and growing and um, yeah, it's big. And you know, girls' football and women's football is massive out there. You know, world world champions. Uh, you know, the women's 
uh, and they've been doing that for a long time. And what they've also done in the American system is that they've had um, age-specific coaching qualifications for a for a lot longer than we have. You know, we've we've started bringing. Yeah, you know, we've got the the FA Youth Awards now, and and they're now bringing in age-specific coaching qualifications right up to to the A license. Uh, and, and that's long overdue because obviously the, the, the sort of things that you do to develop uh, a six-year-old uh, will be a lot different to uh, an 18-year-old to, to senior football. How, how was Rob on the coaching course? How was he? Oh, well, this this, this yeah. leads perfectly into my next question. Really, because we, we, can, we can share stories about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, very good. I think... Uh, me and Rob probably struck it off on the coaching course. It's just willingness to learn. I think it's such an important tool as a coach. You you never stop learning, do you? As long as you as long as as long as you go on, you're always going to learn something new every year. Every time you go out, every time you do something, something new comes up. Um, yeah, you've got, you've got to be open to learning new things. And it was clear from the beginning that that Rob was definitely one of those people. So I think we struck it off quite well for that reason that we yeah. both wanted to learn. But my question to you is, what's he like at college? He's absolute nightmare. <laughs> pain, pain in the backside. So high maintenance. Unreal. We we take twenty five Rob Harveys uh, every day of the week. Um, he was fantastic. Um, you know, great lad to work with. First on the training ground, last last off it. Always always wanted to do extra, which was fantastic. Um, he left us with uh, the equivalent of four A levels. Um, at, at, at times. Um, he could be a little bit apathetic in the classroom. Uh, no, I'm doing him a disservice. <laughs> he was really good. Rob just wanted to finish and, uh, and just get out on the training ground. You know, he just, uh, you know, now he worked, worked really hard, finished with really, really good grades on his, uh, his BTEC sport course, which was worth three A levels. And then was it economics as well you did, Rob, wasn't it? Economics, yeah. Yeah. So he was certainly the most highly qualified footballer at Millwall. Anyway, <laughs> um, but no, what, what Rob... What Rob had was um, he had a great, great attitude, great, and, and attitude is everything. Um, you know, they say, you know, a, a attitude determines altitude and, um, you know, what sort of day you're going to have every day. You know, only you can decide that when you get out of bed in the morning. Um, Rob was really, really positive, um, great work ethic. Um, you know, he was like a sponge. He wanted to you know, take as much information on board and, and apply it. And um, he probably wish he'd started his coaching journey a little bit earlier because that would have made him a better player, probably. Yeah, you don't have to <laughs> score when you coach, do you? <laughs> <laughs> if only that header would have gone in in the national semi-finals, Rob. I'll talk us through this, John. He's, he has, he, he's never recalled this story to us. Lovely cross to the back stick and... oh. I don't know. I think, I think you worry about your hair or something. <laughs> no, it, was it, was a it, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't a header, open goal from um, three yards out or anything Two. like that. It was a, it was a much, much harder chance than that. But no, I think um, <laughs> I closed my eyes at the wrong moment. Let's put it that way. National semi-final, 10 minutes to go. At least you're over it, John. No, you've got to move on, Rob. No, we'll, let, we'll let it go. I've moved on, honestly. I still don't uh, still don't have nightmares thinking about it. Not as bad as Akinola's left foot, eh? Oh, I'll tell you. Well, that leads us on nicely, to be fair. So I've, I spoke to a few of the boys from our year. 
or from my year, I should say, um, and got them a few questions from them. So yeah. I'll start. I'll start with Nola because, uh, as we, <laughs> we as we mentioned him. So when I spoke to Nola, he just said to make sure that you know he misses you. Um, That's nice. Said, Thanks, Alex. And then I miss uh, him most days. I said, well, I said to let me let me know with a question what he what he wanted to ask you, and he never came back with a question. <laughs> So that's probably the most Akinola thing you could have heard. <laughs> he that sums him up back. beautifully. Yeah. Well, thankfully, you've got video evidence of that left foot, haven't you, Rob? Oh, so, that, uh, will, that will make an appearance at some point on the socials again. So Alex, <laughs> Alex, would you say in the first year was probably our most improved player massively, wasn't he? Massively. Definitely, yeah. Over the yeah. two years, he, he became, he literally came in and couldn't kick a football and became a prolific goal scorer by the end. <laughs> and, uh, but there's a, there's a video about pre- prolific. He scored more than you, though, Rob. <laughs> that wasn't hard, though, really, prolific was it? To Rob, then <laughs> prolific to me. Um, he, uh, we did it. We were doing coaching sessions as part of our as part of our course, and um, I think it was Gibbo who did a shooting drill. Who we'll come on to next. We have spoken to him as well. But uh, Gibbo was doing a shooting drill, and it, shooting what one what? shot was shooting at the goal. Yeah, shooting what did you shooting, uh, shooting practice. Yeah, Sorry, good, apologies. Yeah, apologies. <laughs> Not drill. We don't like the word drill. Uh, shoot yeah, practice. Gibbo went. Um, so you go through the cones. You go with your right shot. Absolutely fine. <laughs> he then went through through the cones again, and the ball comes to his left foot. His Alex. It comes to Nola's left foot, and he has honestly kicked it. How far, John? Two yards. Is it? Is it rolled to two yards? Max. It literally. Has got if he if he had blown the ball, it would have gone further. It was, his leg went further. To be fair, when he dislocated <laughs> his hip trying to kick it, I will have to dig the footage out because it is class, absolutely class. But but that that has led me nicely to Gibbo. Gibbo again misses it, and he would love to return for another two years. He um, keeps emailing me every couple of months asking if he can, he can come back <laughs> and do a sixteenth year. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me with Gibbo. <laughs> His question is, uh, how talented was our year? I presume in respect to everyone else. But... Well, we set this up in 2005. So we've been going um, 15 years now. Um, and we got to, an, you know, and within a whisker of a you know, national final a couple of times. And, um, you know, the, the boys in your, your year group and the year above, you know, did a, you know, a fantastic job in, in getting to the, the, the national national semi-finals and, and really it was you know, playing a strong Boreham Woodside who you know have a huge catchment area to pick from and they've got you know hun- hundreds of, of boys and girls on their, their football academy programme so you know over the years we've, we've always punched above our weight massively because you know we're, we're up in leafy northeast Essex you know half of our catchment area is the North Sea um, and we we yeah, we over the years, we've uh, assembled a, a group of students from, from you know, around Colchester and surrounding areas, and 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 over the two years, working with you day in day out, you know, develop you both in, individually and and collectively. So, you know, certainly your your, your year group um, is up there with uh, with the best of them over the fifteen years, and and you know the the development takes care of itself, and if you get the development right, then usually. You know the, the the results go hand in glove, and you know you did fantastically well in the in the national league 
really strong finishes in the in the league over the two years and to, to get to a, a national semi-final and I think you know the, the game finished 2-1 um, with a, a, a scrappy winner from them in the in the final five minutes um, so you know really really unlucky not to, to progress to that final and then and then you know who knows so no really really good group and what I would say about your group is you, you're probably the best group we've had uh, in terms of having to drag you off the training ground at the end of the session. You're always there for training day in, day out. You, you love, love the training, love practicing and, and, and getting better. Um, and, you know, you, you, you always wanted to stay out and, and do extra. And when you look at you know, the, the, average, the average game of football, you know, each player will will touch the ball for, you know, on average between 90 seconds and two minutes um in a game of football so you know if you're doing training where you've you got a ball each you know you, you you spend five minutes of a training session with a ball each you know that's the equivalent number of touches for the, and the next two matches that you play so yeah improvement does occur of course it does when you when you play in matches and that that competitive edge um but but training is 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 so important and that is where your your real real technical improvements take place and and your all-round game takes place on that on that training ground because you have so much more contact with the ball in training than the than, than you will do in a game yeah no i think that's it was it was nice doing the extras to say i i was we were fortunate for me in the sense that we had the boys who wanted to do the extras, but going out with it was usually you and Salts, wasn't it? Coming out on a Friday and a, and a Thursday doing the extras. And it just, we had great sessions. So we had a, and the great facilities to do it. So I, I always just remember thinking the boys who always said they were going to turn up and didn't turn up, you know, the ones. But it was, it was always a case of why wouldn't you do it? It's, you've got everything at your fingertips. It's all being given to you. With I'm really impressed you're wearing your football, football academy hoodie today as well, Rob. Nice Even, it still fits it still fits i went into the cupboard i was a bit chilly <laughs> and it was still hanging up so i thought you know what just just keep it in there even after three years of intensive strength and conditioning it it still fits rob <laughs> what does that tell you mate you haven't seen it around here so it's, the chest has been stretched a bit <laughs> chest and shoulders a few threads have gone we had, we had another question from finn i spoke to finn hughes um finn, top man finn he, he, uh, his question was similar to Gibbo. So when I went back to him, he just altered it slightly. So he said, um, was our year one of the best he's put on the pitch as well? So similar to Gibbo. He, so we changed it to off the pitch. So how did you think we were off the pitch? One of the worst without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Bone idle, lazy, deadlines core. It's like getting blood out of a stone. No, no, you were good. You were, you were, you were a good group. I mean, for... For me, it's about whatever you do in life. It's about the the, the standards you set yourself. Mm. And you know, if if anyone's prepared to sell themselves short, then that in anything that they do, then that that speaks volumes about them. And I think the reason why you know so many of your group have gone on to do fantastic things, both in and out of football, um, is because you take pride in what you're doing you whatever you do you want to do it to the best of your ability and and that says a lot about about you as a person and i think the the, the skills that you you learn through sport uh, are transferable to so many things that you do in, in in life and if if you you know if you have the right attitude desire commitment and work ethic 
you know, whatever you do, you, you, you want to do it to your, to your best of your ability. I remember my granddad always saying to me, you know, if a job's worth doing, then do it well, do it properly, do it to the best of your ability. Is that how you were quoting, was it? Because I remember that saying, yeah. I remember you saying that a lot. Yeah, that stuck that's with right. me, to be fair. That did stick with me uh, throughout. Yeah. But the, uh, the person who I did used to set up a few times, Scotty Cannon, has also got a question for you. We managed, yeah. to, managed to get in contact with him. Great lad, great lad, Scotty. No, a lot he's, of time for Scott, top man. Either hope you're well, um, which obviously we've, we've covered that He's not that still one. working in Poundland, is he? He's moved on from Poundland. He's moved on. <laughs> he's moved up in the world. Well done. Um, and he put, what was your favourite and least favourite part of our Barcelona tour of 2017 that we went on? Um, my favourite part of it was... Um, everything that I knew that was going on during the tour and my least favourite part was watching your unedited video um, 12 months later at the annual awards dinner where you showed me what really went on on the trip. <laughs> no, my, the, 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 high, the highlight of, um, of the last 15 years of, of running this football academy is um, it, it's always the tour and um, you know, I, I bump into ex-students that, that went on that, you know, first trip nearly 15 years ago. And the, the first thing, the first thing they want to talk about is, is, is the tour. It, it's brilliant. You, you get so much out of it, not, not just the footballing experience, but you learn a lot about each other. You, you, you're going abroad overseas. You're learning a different, different culture, um, experiencing you know, the, the difference in football um, from England to to Spain or, or Holland and you know a lot of lot of our trips have been out to Madrid or Barcelona and doing the stadium tour of the new camp and training in fantastic facilities and playing against Spanish academy opposition you know it's it, you know, it's absolutely fantastic great great weather and climate good food and you know and good company and it's you know it was love being with you you boys and and you know, training and playing and, and seeing how you develop. And, you know, I think we did, did pretty well. I think we were, we were unbeaten on that trip as well, weren't we? So, undefeated in Europe. Yeah, I'm yeah proud. undefeated in Europe, you know, fantastic. Um, and that was even with a bit of extra curricular activities in the evenings as well, wasn't it? So, so we'll gloss over that bit. Team talks on the balcony of the hotel. Yeah, exactly. I know. Visualising the following morning's training session. Exactly, exactly that, out. exactly that. And, you can't forget Harry Allison's greatest tackle you've ever seen right in front of a dugout <laughs> as well. No, I, I, I thought I'd add to, add to this as well. So I've, I've written my own question. I say, well, I don't want to take away from the tour because the tour, as you say, I could talk for hours about the tour because it is comfortably the best part of the two years. Um, every, you work all the way through and you get to the middle and you get rewarded with the tour away with all your peers. Uh, and it's really well put together. Good amount of training, downtime, tours. There's so much packed into such a short space of time and it doesn't even, it, it goes so quick. You literally blink and you miss it, but it was, it was unbelievable. But I just wondered what you uh, struggled with the most out of two years with our year group. Like kind of, I can't, I, I can't imagine it was coaching because you brought us on so far, but I wonder what the biggest struggle was. Um, I don't think there were any struggles, Rob. It was just an absolute pleasure and a joy from start to finish. Oh, stop it, John. Um, yeah, now it's um, it, it's a it's a privilege to be to work with young people. It's a 
Um, I mean, I'm living the dream, really. It's it's not it's not really a job, you know. I don't I don't really see it as, you know, there are plenty of things that I could be doing which wouldn't wouldn't give me the the joy and the satisfaction. And you know, you talk to to most people, and you know, if you can say genuinely hand on heart, you know, I love what I do. I, I love getting out of bed every morning and and going to work and I really love my job you know if you can say that I think I think you're a you're a really lucky person um because there's you know plenty of people out there that it's, it's a means to an end you know they've they've got a, a a family to to look after and you've got to earn money and put food on the table and pay the bills um but to work with young people day in day out who have got so much energy and you know inspiration and and thirst and hunger want to learn want to study um to be to be teaching sport i guess the the it's not really a, a frustration um but um you know i i love sport i love all sport i love football uh, i love talking about it um i love you know teaching sport i'm, I'm fascinated by the, the the human body and and particularly the the mind you know the mind controls everything and i love the psychology side of things and um you know, I guess the biggest frustrations is um, late lateness does my head in. Um, you know, I don't like people who rock up late. You know, they 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 can't get out of bed in the morning, and and they because it's you know, if you can't do it for college when you're studying sport, you're you're playing football, then you know it just worries me that perhaps they'll transfer that to life, um, and you know you 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 can't get away with being late for a job you know, day in, day out, you know, there are consequences of that. Um, but it was sometimes it was quite difficult to to get some of the boys through a, a three A-level equivalent course. You know, some of it was quite academic and you had to sit exams in, you know, anatomy and physiology and, you know, sports psychology and training principles. So it's, it's, it's not easy. Um, but what I do do is take my hat off to, to all you guys that, you know, particularly some of you, you know, had to had to get up, um, and what I also had to do, I said, you know, lateness frustrates me, but I I did always have to keep reminding myself that it was a lot easier for me to be on time because I could get in my car and drive into work. But some of you guys that lived a bit further afield, you had to get up early. You had to get, you know, two buses perhaps, one into Colchester, one out to Brightlingsea, um, and relying on public transport as well. So it wasn't always always that easy, but to complete the two-year course day in day out mentally challenging physically challenging working hard in the classroom working hard on the training ground um, sometimes you know long long journeys to games um you know I, you know take my hat off to all of you guys for for doing that and yeah it's hard work for everyone it's hard work running the program it's hard work being part of it but you know the rewards are huge oh, definitely i think that's that sums up the years the years well to be fair i think it's kind of a especially as you come in initially there's a lot of things involved with getting to well right hopefully this year am i right in saying it might be moving yeah i'm you know doing doing quite a lot of um you know planning work development work at the moment so we the um the, the colony is part of a, a multi-academy trust called the um the sigma trust 10 secondary schools a number of um, primary schools um, and so what we're going to do um, I've always said over the years that if we could um, pick up what we developed and created in Brightlingsea and moved it to the middle of Colchester 
you know, it would be absolutely, you know, fantastic. So that's what we're looking to do now as part of the Sigma, the Sigma Trust. We're creating a brand new um, sixth form college um, called um, Sigma Sixth. Um, it'll be um, Sigma Sixth Form Sports Academy, and we will be um, basing the academy uh, out of well, three sites really. There's a new £25 million uh, sports complex called the Northern Gateway Sports Park which is being built um, just the other side of the A12 from Colchester United Stadium near the park and ride. So obviously with the, um, with the, the COVID-19 pandemic we've got at the minute, um, the, the builders were off site for, for a few weeks. They're back on site now. So we're hoping that's still going to be um, up and, and ready um, you know, as soon as possible um, for, the, for the transition of the academy. But we're, it's a partnership, really, with the Northern Gateway, um, Philip Morant uh, Sixth Form, which will be rebranded to Sigma Sixth Form Colchester. Um, and also we'll be running a number of A-levels um, from, from Philip Morant Sixth Form and Essex University. So students can carry on studying the, the BTEC National Extended Diploma in Sport. And we'll be delivering those programmes at the Northern Gateway Complex. Um, what's really exciting as well is that students that want to join the football academy, they have the option of either doing uh, the BTEC sport course worth three A-levels or they can choose A-levels of their choice. So we've got a whole suite of A-levels that will run either at Philip Morant Sixth Form Centre or at Essex University. Um, so they can have the choice between the, between the, the different academic routes. And then uh, we'll be running uh, sports academies in uh, football, rugby, uh, basketball and golf currently with a number of other sports you know developed for the future and it was a shame because um, we were looking to set up um, a cricket academy as well for September and I'd had a number of meetings with um, the Root Academy met with um, England cricket captain uh, Joe Root's dad and um, uh, the um, guy that uh, sort of heads up the the root academy and we had some really good pub publicity on that so we were we were all set to launch that and have trials and have a cricket academy running as well um but um we'll just have to see on on when the start date might be for that um but uh, you know it's really exciting times i'm really excited for the for the football academy you know we'll we'll take that to a new level uh, we got 35 students that are due to be joining us um you know this september so combining that with um, with our current cohort in year 12 that will move across from from Brightling Sea to to Colchester and Sigma Sixth, you know we're going to have um, over 50 students again on the on the football academy program. Um, so you know that's that's really exciting, and um, you know we'll we'll kick on again and hopefully take the take the uh, the, the football academy and and the sports academy as a whole uh, to the next level. That sounds really positive for next year. Yeah, no, I can't wait. Really looking forward to it. It just increases the offering for the lo the the offering that's uh, there for the local local community. It's huge, isn't it? That's the thing. There are so many opportunities now for for young people wanting to come through and play sport, which is only a good thing. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, if if I had all of this, you know, when I was you know at, at secondary school thinking about what i'm what i'm going to do next you know it'd be absolutely fantastic and it, you know it's great there's so many so many opportunities for young people now and and the the investment in sport 
um, I mean, globally, really, but um, it's been great in this country. And I think certainly the with the evolution of uh, of your AstroTurf pitches and 3G, 4G pitches um, uh, has had a huge impact. And, and particularly for you know more and more um, semi-pro non-league teams now, mm. uh, uh, you know, getting investment and looking to to develop their facilities. And if they can have, you know, some of them have have 4G training areas alongside the stadiums. You know, others have, have converted their main pitch um, to have 4G facilities and you know that that's the the future really in the lifeblood for for non-league clubs particularly you know in, in these times where financially it's difficult but if you can have a facility that you can you know hire out morning noon and night seven days a week and you haven't got to worry as much about you know wear and tear on the pitch and you know see some of these grass pitches you you, you can't get on them between november and march because of the the, the weather and the the, the the rain and the, the mud, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, artificial pitches, 4G pitches has been a huge evolution in the game. Um, and what's great for the people of, of North East Essex and beyond now with um, the Sigma Six Sports Academy concept is that there's a number of different routes. Uh, we're going for boys, for girls, team sports, looking to, to develop individual sports. And we're kind of splitting the, the working week in two for them where half of the time, you know, they're studying um, at you know further education level to get qualifications to then go on to university or higher level apprenticeships or employment and other training schemes and then half the week is is training and developing within their sport either individual or team sports looking at their own you know physical development strength and conditioning work core stability work flexibility but also you know developing physically technically tactically psychologically <laughs> get the four corners in there and, you know socially you know just developing that whole whole rounded individual um and you know developing them within the team environment as well no all really good stuff cooperman's rant right it's, uh, obviously as you know there's certain things in football that really do bright me but one that no one ever talks about, but it happens so often and it drives me mad. Last minute of the game, teams winning 1-0, 2-1, what have you, and they run in the corner. Oh, man, it drives me mad. Isn't there a better way? Isn't there a better way to spend, um, to sort of save, keep the ball, to run down the clock? That's worth a bit important. There a better way to run down the clock than run in the corner? As a referee, it's impossible to know who's kicked it last. As a linesman, it's impossible to know who's hit it last. As a defender, when I've played in defence, nine times out of ten, if someone's gone in the corner, I've just wiped them out because you get so frustrated. What other ways are there? When I played, I'd just launch it, get it out the ground. Obviously, I agree, in big, big ground, you've got balls <laughs> getting thrown on left, right and centre. So as coaches, in the last minutes of the game, you're winning the game. What, what do you advise people? As players, have you ever been advised to run in the corner and hide what do you reckon what do you think john uh give it a rob it will stick it over the goal and the stand without a waste of <laughs> on it especially at brightness's ground <laughs> yeah just put I'll rob through one-on-one uh, on one with the keeper um you know whatever the outcome is going to run down the clock <laughs> either that or score another another goal or two and just kill it <laughs> off you've got nothing to worry about have you <laughs> 
you told me many a time to run it to the corner, John. It's it's all about if there, if there's one goal in it, or if you 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 need that point, you need that draw, you need that win. It's um, it's about game management. What always worries me about seeing a player um, running with the ball into the corner and trying to shield it. You know, I'm I'm now thinking about the next game or the next three games because you see so often players. You know, they, they they run it into the corner and they just get cleaned out. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and you just yeah, you you just you know, okay, we're running down the clock here, but are they are they going to be out for the next four weeks with an injury? Yeah, no, I, I I personally agree. I agree with you, John. I think, but I think at the same time, there isn't. Where else can you take it? If you don't trust yourselves to keep it around yeah. the back, you don't trust yourself to keep it in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it to that corner. Trust. Trust your pass. Trust your passing ability. Your your faith in keeping possession. What you got is is game management, isn't it? It's playing to your strengths. It's not being silly and and committing too many players forward and leaving yourself vulnerable to the counter attack. Um, but if you can, you know, keep keep possession in comfortable areas and then draw players onto you, that's then going to create space somewhere else on the pitch. Um, and what I always advocate is not possession for possession's sake and not passing for passing's sake, but, you know, passing with purpose. Um, and it's easier to keep the ball in certain areas of the pitch than others. So if you're sensible with it and you're, you're doing that and drawing players onto you, but at the same time, always looking for where the space is and maybe always looking for that killer pass, you can keep possession, draw them onto you, then maybe play that killer ball um, and you you threw one on one with the keeper to to then kill the game off, um, as Rob Brown's the keeper and slots it in. Um, but you know, without being cavalier about it and uh, and committing too many players forward, because what you don't want to do is then leave yourself open and and vulnerable um, to that counter attack. But you know, I always say that if we're if we're playing the game in their half of the pitch, then you know there's much less chance of of the opposition scoring a goal so it doesn't necessarily have to be you know running it into the into the corners because that's that's when players get hurt people get get wiped out and and you often see as well um you're shielding the ball and doing nothing wrong but the minute you start doing that the referee often blows for a a, a free kick and gives the ball over to the opposition anyway don't they it's so hard to call sometimes <laughs> almost impossible <laughs> what would you got what would you guys do what's your advice I think that um, a lot of the time, as you, it's, it's, if winning is at the forefront, if that's the most important thing, which again, at a professional level or any level, usually that's the overriding factor, isn't it? You do what it takes to win the game. Um, ultimately, I think something that else that plays a part in this is psychology of players. How many times have you seen people slip or mess up in the last couple of minutes of a game because you're nervous? So again, you say they're another option, Ben. If you've got the ball in your own half, the chances of playing it back to the goalkeeper, the ball not be playing firm enough, you know, a player missed time in a pass. Uh, it's all too risky, isn't it? And I think when adrenaline is high uh, and when nerves are high, if it's a cup final or something like that, you want the ball as far away from your goal as possible. Uh, and that gives you the least chance of making a mistake that's going to lead to a goal, isn't it? You sound about mistakes. It, um, John will probably remember, but... Um... I remember um, Ipswich Norwich years ago and the defenders passed it back to Brian Gunn It's hit a bobble and he completely missed it. He's gone to launch it. Like, they're the sort of mistakes that can happen, can't they, in the dying embers of a game? 
Yeah, I, I personally, I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm taking that ball into the corner every day of the week. Five minutes, <laughs> five minutes to go. I'm running it straight in that corner. Um, if but watching the game, it just makes me nervous when I see something in that corner. I'm like, just do something else. It's a good twenty seconds. <laughs> Yeah. Keep the faith, Rob. Never, never, never lose sight of your uh, your your goal-scoring instincts. <laughs> that clinical edge. John, we ask all of our guests a few questions. So, can I hit you with your favourite player of all time? Um. That's a difficult one because you know different players, different positions, um, different different generations. But I think um, you know, in 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 terms of the the, the modern day and an impact and and what they've achieved, um, you know, I think um, you know Cristiano Ronaldo has has to be up there um, with with the best of them. Um, but it's you know the. The, the the goalkeeper that um, you know wins you fifteen points a season with the saves that they make, and you know the centre half or the you know the the, the centre back pairing that that keeps clean sheet after clean sheet that that sets up the platform for the the fantastic you know creative innovative players you know that sometimes they 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 get forgotten but um, yeah what what Cristiano Ronaldo has achieved is is absolutely fantastic. Brilliant answer. Best game that you've watched live can be at any level. Um, any game where England beats Germany, I think, <laughs> is, uh, is uh, always a fantastic game. And uh, I remember, I remember the game where we, you know, out in Germany, was it? Was it? Did it finish five 0 in the end? Five one. Five one. Yeah, fantastic. They took the lead, actually. I think, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Uh, the best game. The best game that you've played in, John? Best game that I've played in? Um, that was um, probably um, a, a youth team game for, for Bournemouth local derby against Portsmouth that we won 4-3. Did you get on the score sheet, John? Uh, I had a couple of assists, Rob. <laughs> they all count. They all count. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't miss a header in the last minute, though, did you? <laughs> Um, the first football shirt that you ever got, John? Uh, first football shirt would have been um, uh, an AFC Bournemouth shirt. That is that is my team, my local team, um, when I was about uh, three years old, probably. Did it have a name on the back? Or that, that was pre-names on the back, John, wasn't it? Uh, it was... Um, I think the, the very first one I had, yeah, it was, it was pre, pre-name printing on the back. Um, but I was always a left-sided player. I, I usually had the number three. Um, but um, the um, yeah, the, the the guys. You know, most years when we went on tour, the guys bought me bought me a shirt from either the New Camp or the or the Bernabal, and uh, you know, got my name printed on the back of it as well. So yeah, that, that was really great. I think uh, I think Rob organised that, didn't he? Our awards dinner, Rob. I think you did. I think it was it was a it was a collective effort. To be fair, all the boys were were all over that. <laughs> Difficult one, John, but if you can narrow it down to one person again, the best coach that has inspired you personally and why? Um, I mean, I was you know, fortunate enough during, um, during my, my yeah, time at Bournemouth, you had likes of Harry Redknapp, um, Sean O'Driscoll, um, Tony Pulis. Um, you know, Sean was a, a, a really good um, youth team coach. Um, and then when I 
when I started my my coaching career and when I first moved to this area and I worked for um, Ipswich Towns Academy um, and the academy director there, Brian Clue, um, fantastic, um, you know, coach, um, coach educator. Uh, the FA have had some fantastic people. Dick Bate, um, fantastic um, coach uh, and coach educator. Um, and I've been, um, I'm not doing very well in narrowing it down to one person, <laughs> am I? Um, but I've been fortunate as well to, I've worked with some some fantastic people over the years and every every job I've had um, in terms of teaching, I've always worked with ex-professional sports people, um, you know, largely, you know, football, but other sports as well. And, you know, they, you always know when you're talking to a professional athlete or an ex-professional athlete they just have you know something about them that it's that attention to detail that real work ethic that professionalism that attention to detail and during my time at the Carlton Yard I've worked um for the last 15 years with with Mickey Cook largely um ex-Colchester United um Adrian Webster um Steve Wignall Phil Coleman you know work, work with some some fantastic people you know, over the years, and and like we said at the start, you never stop. You never stop learning. You know, I love watching other coaches coach. Uh, you always see or hear something new, something different. So you know, you you never stop learning as a player, as a coach. You you you're always learning. So you know, there's been I've been fortunate enough that you know I've I've learned from some some great people over the years, and and will carry on doing so. I'm sure. No, that's amazing. We've really enjoyed having you today, John. Thank you so much for giving up your time. No, thanks, guys. Thank, thanks for having me. It's been a, been a pleasure. Great talking to you. And thank you for coming, John. It's been great to see you again. been too Absolute long. pleasure, Rob. Lovely talking to you, John. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. If you've got any questions or you'd like to appear on the show, send us an email to pod at coachingfromthesofa.co.uk. 